Hi, it's Lars Menzel, and this is Available Light, my podcast about photography. This is episode 6, which we'll call Introspection. Sergio Larraín could have been a star. He was a great photographer, and a successful one as well. He came from Chile, and he had picked up his camera skills during a trip through Europe in the 1950s. When he was 25, the Museum of Modern Art had bought two of his pictures. When he was 27, his work had impressed the famous photographer Henri Cartier-Bresson so much that he invited him to join the famous photo agency Magnum. At 41, he stopped taking pictures. Most art is public. It is performed, exhibited, or broadcast. But photography is arguably the most public art of them all. Photos are easily reproduced and very quickly consumed. And what's more, great photography actually reveals something about a photographer. It reveals their unique vision, their particular way of seeing the world. How much more public does it get? Sergio Larraín's photos are celebrated for a reason then. Because he took black and white shots with a soul. They're masterful photos that capture not just a slice of time, but also a feeling. I see in them a sense of wonder about what he was discovering, an almost giddy excitement about his surroundings. As though he saw something and he was driven to capture it. And he was really, really good at that. That's most obvious in his book Valparaiso, which is considered his masterpiece. The photos in it make for a hypnotic vision of the Chilean port city. They're surreal in their clarity. We see a city of concrete walls and narrow stairs, pictures full of sailors, dancers, children, street dogs, and mysterious silhouettes. And the sea always glistens in the background. Paparaiso is just one of four books that Larraí never published. It had started as a magazine assignment in the 1960s, when he would hang out in the city with no one less than the famous poet Pablo Neruda. Over time, documenting the city became more than that to him. It became a long-term personal project. But for some reason it wasn't before 1991, which, you know, is 30 years later, that he turned the photos into a book. And what had happened in between is actually just as fascinating as the pictures. Remember, the photographer was at the cusp of fame. He had just joined Magnum. Things were going well. But then he met a Bolivian guru called Oscar Ichazo, and he joined his school. The teachings of the school are a bit too complicated to go into here, but suffice it to say that it promises to help people find pristine enlightenment. Larain, apparently, was smitten. Many years later, after the photographer's death, his ex-wife gave an interview to the Chilean newspaper La Segunda, in which she says that that's the point when he started to distance himself from photography. She describes a fundamental change in personality and a really deliberate turn away from art and fame. She says he preferred a life of mysticism and began practicing yoga. Apparently, the photographer started to dress in all-white clothing, and he moved to a remote mountain village where he lived in a small house, even with a group of disciples. So his career as a photographer was effectively over. 
The mysticism that his ex-wife mentions is actually visible in the book about Valparaíso. Because between the photo pages, you sometimes have these pages full of handwritten notes. Sometimes they consist of just one word, like tranquility. Sometimes they're much longer, like entering the present with a craft, or opening the gate of time with geometry. But there's also a bit of a bleaker side to it. On one of the pages, Lorraine writes, We are going towards a garbage deposit, turning around the sun. Inhabited by millions of people attacking and robbing each other, permanently, forever. Hell. Degradation. Bleak, right? But here's the thing. I don't think Lorin would change his life so drastically just because he ran into a guru from Bolivia. I think the journey began with his photography. Because taking photos... It does something to people. You know, I've mentioned that art has an outward-facing nature. But parallel to that, there is really this inward-facing disposition to reflect. When you're taking pictures, you're bound to think about what you're shooting and why. So when Larraín roamed the streets of El Paraíso and shot these beautiful pictures of workers, children and animals, the photos actually affected him. I know that because there's a surviving letter of his from later in life. It was written to his nephew, who had apparently asked him for advice on how to become a photographer. The answer is pretty remarkable. First, Larraín recommends going to the city where he shot his best work. He writes, Valparaíso is always beautiful. Get lost in the magic. Get lost for days up and down its slopes and streets. Sleep in a sleeping bag. Soak in reality, like a swimmer in the water, and let nothing conventional distract you. It's a beautifully written letter, and it's full of introspection. What I find the most interesting about it is that bit about staying focused, about not letting the conventional distract you. He goes on, It's about vagabonding, sitting under a tree, anywhere. It's about wandering in the universe by yourself. You will start looking again. The conventional world puts a veil over your eyes. It's a matter of taking it off during your time as a photographer. I think that that kind of insight, that introspection, is what made Larraín's photo so great. Because when he was holding his camera, he was able to look right past the conventional. He saw the exceptional bits in everyday life in a gritty port city. But I also think that the clarity shocked him. Because that veil he mentions, when it was lifted, he saw a reality full of injustice. How much the walls crumbled and, and that the sea, however much it glistened, was just a backdrop for poverty. In the same interview that I mentioned earlier, the journalists also talked to Larain's son. He said, the injustice, it wore my father down. Clarity, then, it may come from photography, but it is certainly a double-edged sword. Keep that in mind when you pick up a camera. If you enjoyed this, check out the other episodes on www.available.li. The previous one, for instance, 
is about reality itself and why the camera might in fact be lying to you. I'll see you soon with another episode.